chapter 1, and we'll look at verses 4 through 6. Um, I'll go ahead and put that on the screen. Just a couple of uh, statements for review. We've said the purpose and goal of discipleship is for the inward reality of the new birth to become an outward expression of life. And we were designed in such a way as for our inward part to shape and form our outward part. You were created by God to live from the inside to the outside. This is why Satan works so hard to try to mess up what was inside of us. Because what's on the inside of us uh, uh, gives birth to, the Bible says, from the heart spring forth the issues of, of a person's life. Um, in the same way that an apple tree issues apples from the inside of the trunk to the branches, in the same way that um, a, a human being uh, is formed in a, inside a mother's womb and then issues forth um, from a mother's womb, we were created by God to live from the inside to the outside. So this is why Jesus came to do a work in us, um, what he did for us, he did for us so that he would be able to do in us what needed to be done in us. If our heart's not right, our life can never be right because what's in your heart is going to proceed forth in your life reality. So we talk about the inward reality of the new birth and the outward reality of um, our lives, and we see in Scripture where there's the outward part of you and the inward part of you. And Jesus came to change the inward part so that the outward part would come into alignment with his plans and purposes for our lives. So when we say the inward reality of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life, we see and we've been talking about, far from all of them, we've just been mentioning a few to make the point, what the Holy Spirit said to me is, is that they're new birth realities. They're things that are real now inside of you because you've been born again. Um, I added another one to the list today. Um, the Bible says you're complete in Him. You're complete in Him. Not will be complete in Him. You are complete in Him. Hebrews 10 says He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So these are, are inward realities of the new birth. And what we're seeing in Scripture is that we will never be able to see those inward realities without the proper mirror without the proper mirror. Um, I can see my hand without a mirror. I can't see my hair without a mirror. I have to have a mirror to see my hair. And we have to have a mirror to see um, the inward reality of the new birth, what's true about you right now because of what Jesus did in you when you were born again. So let's... Um, Let's look at this in Philemon. Verse 4, I thank my God, making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. By the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now, we touched on the first part of verse 6 last week, the sharing of your faith may become effective. He's talking about sharing your faith with other people, but what makes the sharing of our faith most effective is when we demonstrate 
an outward demonstration of what's true about us inwardly. The Holy Spirit led us down this road some weeks ago when we were talking about the love and that the Holy Spirit is in you now pouring out the love of God in your heart. That's another new birth reality. It's one thing for Him to pour that love out inside of you. It's another thing for that, again, inward reality to become an outward expression of life where you actually love people the way Jesus has loved you. So when we demonstrate in our life reality what the inward realities of the new birth are, this is what makes the sharing of our faith uh, extremely effective, where people can actually see uh, a difference in our lives. I had a wonderful conversation with one of our brothers this morning, and he was talking about the Lord restoring a relationship, very close relationship that had been severed by, um, you know, just some rebellious living, what have you. And... Um, and how touched this family member was when he shared the story with them. And he, he began to realize that when, when people who are close to him realize and see for themselves what the Lord's done in his life, that's going to be a powerful, powerful tool to draw people to the Lord. And, th- and this, is what, this is what the Holy Spirit through Paul is saying to Philemon, that the sharing of your faith becomes effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Because the the outward expressing of those inner realities has to begin with our acknowledgement of those good things in us. We have to acknowledge for ourselves what has already been made true about us inwardly in our lives. Now, to... um, Amen. So we said last week, and I'll just try to be brief on this part, but I think the review is necessary. So acknowledging something means to admit it, to to recognize uh, the truth of it, the existence of it, okay, to to acknowledge. um, Dear friend, he was the owner of the Chick-fil-A that I worked at for uh, many years, and he's with Jesus now. He's in heaven now. Um, But I ran into him... you know, we once I no longer worked there, we kind of lost touch with one another. And I ran into him one day after having not seen him for a couple of years. And um, he found out that um, he had fathered a child in high school and the mother never never told him anything about it and, and, and that sort of thing. And um, uh, then later in life, you know, he found out that he had an adult daughter. And, um, and, and of course, his wife, she's just a beautiful person herself. I mean, she accepted her as her daughter as well. I mean, she wasn't like put off by that or any, anything at all. And and um, and so the point I'm trying to make is he acknowledged. You know, some folks in that position can just you know like sue me or what do you want or paternity test prove it. You know, that's right. no. He he acknowledged her, welcomed her, admitted. You know, yes, I had no idea. I would have loved to have been in your life all these years. You know, kind of thing. And so. But so something that he, you know, someone, not something, someone that he didn't know about or realize until later in life. But then when he found out, right, he had a choice to, to either accept and welcome and admit or reject and, and deny. And, of course, he acknowledged and had many wonderful years, holidays and things with uh, a daughter that he didn't know existed for most of his uh, adult life. So acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. You're going to hear that phrase a lot uh, in the days ahead. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, we mentioned this verse last week as well. It says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So your earthen vessel is speaking of your physical body. It was made from the dust of the earth. And we see that our Father has chosen to put a treasure in this earthen vessel. Again, we're talking about these inward realities of the new birth, spiritual things that um, go beyond even our ability to comprehend. So a treasure in an earthen vessel, what another way of saying outward expressions of inward realities would be to unearth because these treasures are concealed beneath the earth of our physical body, which was made from the dust of the earth. And so we are uh, uh, unearthing or, or with the Holy Spirit's help digging out, if you will, this treasure and it being brought to the surface. Now, here's a very important point that we started on last week. Um, I cannot see the realities of my new birth without a mirror. Can't see them. Um, now, I never will see them if I don't acknowledge them. You got you to start by acknowledging, okay? But I cannot see the realities of my new birth without a mirror. As I mentioned a moment ago, we use a mirror to see what we otherwise cannot see. I don't need a mirror to see, um, you know, my forearm. But I do need a mirror to see my face. Now, the Bible speaks of this inward part of us and this outward part of us. So let me put those verses, and notice we're still in 2 Corinthians 4. We just skipped down some verses. It says in verse 16, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed, by day, being renewed day by day. For our light affliction is but for a moment, uh, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are not seen are temporary, but the things um, which are not seen are eternal. So how do you see something that you can't see? Um, otherwise, you need a mirror, okay? And a mirror will, will show you um, what it is that you cannot see. So he's talking about our focusing upon things that are not seen. And the things that we can't see are spiritual, they're invisible, and they're eternal. Things that we can see with our physical eyes are temporary, okay, and they're visible, um, and they're physical or, or natural or fleshly, all right? So you got that? It's very important. These two parts of you, the part you can see, the part you can't, the part that's temporary, the part that's eternal, the part that's, um, uh, uh, you know, which one did I leave out? Visible, uh, that you can see, and a spiritual mirror that you can't see, uh, or that you can see, eternal. I'm too excited about all this. <laughs> Let's rewind that tape. Okay. So you've got the things that are eternal. You've got the things that are spiritual. You've got the things that are visible. You've got the things that are temporary. You've got the things that are physical. You've got the things that are invisible. Okay. So when we're talking about new birth realities, they're real. That's the thing. It's, you know, how do you say real? Like really real for real, really real. Okay. Um, and remember, you don't even have to know about something for it to be real. 
See, we think if it's real, we would know it. If I was, if I was really, if I was really right with God and really righteous and really holy and really free, then I think I would know that. Well, there's all kinds of things that are real that you don't know anything about. Okay, and so we're talking about inward realities. They're invisible. So how do you see what you can't see with your physical eyes? You you, you use a mirror. Okay, and so new birth realities are eternal. That's the point I'm trying to make. New birth realities are eternal, but you will never see what you never acknowledge. Okay? You will never see what you never acknowledge. You realize a lot of people, they don't want to see, like, you know, we, we're in denial about things, all kinds of things in our lives that we don't ever want to face, we don't ever want to deal with, we don't ever want to acknowledge. Okay? Now, the Lord taught me something a long time ago, and I've taught as many people this as will let me teach them, okay? Um, you've got to own something before you can disown it. And a lot of times we, we're trying to disown stuff that we've never owned up to. That's why, the, that's why the Bible says that, you know, confess your faults. Not to dwell on them, okay? Um, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you. Your sin cleanses you of all unrighteousness. Well, if all of our sins are already forgiven, why do we need to confess one when we, when we commit it um, for our own benefit? Because the devil will use it against you, right? And we'll just keep sweeping under the rug and pretend like it didn't happen. And next thing you know, we're so far away from the things that God has for us that we don't know what to do, okay? So you'll never see what you never acknowledge. And until something's resolved in a negative sense, it, you know, it doesn't go away. But we're not talking about negative stuff. We're talking about the, the good things that are in us and our willingness and ability to acknowledge those things, all right? So let's go back then to our outward man and our inward man. Our inward man is physical and can be seen in a natural mirror. Our inward man is spiritual and can be seen in a spirit mirror. A natural mirror is limited and can only reveal the way something appears. Got to get that right there, okay? All you can see in a natural mirror is how something appears, and we've learned by now that there's more to life than meets the eye. Appearances can be very deceiving. Something can appear to be one way when it's completely opposite to the way it appears to be. So we can't put complete trust in a natural mirror because it can only show appearances. And even if the appearance is accurate, it's only temporary, which means it's subject to change. So your hair can be messed up the first time you look in the mirror in the morning. Get a shower, brush your hair, comb your hair, whatever, and you look in it again, and, it, and what you saw the first time is not the same thing you saw the second time. So appearances are temporary. They're subject to change. When we're talking about inward realities of the new birth and those inward realities being eternal, they're going to be the same every time you look. They're not ever going to change because things that are eternal uh, are not changed by things that are temporary, but things that are temporary can be changed by things that are eternal. Amen. Are you still with me tonight? So the mirror of God's Word that reveals the inward realities of the new birth are not images of what you're trying to become, but what you already are. You see, I don't look into a natural mirror to see what I hope to look like one day. I see exactly what I look like at that moment in a natural mirror. And so the image in a natural mirror is temporary subject to change, but the image in the spirit mirror of God's Word is eternal, and it will never change. And again, it's not reflecting what I hope to be. It's reflecting the truth about my inward man right now. Okay. You still with me? 
there are three key passages in the Word of God that speak of mirrors. James chapter 1, verse 25, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 12, chapter 13, verse 12, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. Each of these speak of a mirror. And each of these are related and connected with the others, but very slightly in what it is the Holy Spirit is communicating to us through these passages. Okay? So, again, James 1.25, 1 Corinthians 13.12, and 2 Corinthians 4 and 18. Now, let's look at... I'm really trying to get to James tonight. Um, but let's, let's look on our way there. Let's, let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, 11, and 12. You're familiar with these verses. We've pulled them up before in recent Wednesday nights together. But this is the one that says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, just as I also am known. I'm not really ready to do it justice uh, as far as my preparations. But I really believe the Holy Spirit has... has um, let me say that another way. I, I really believe that I have finally allowed the Holy Spirit to show me what this verse really means. <laughs> I've taken some swings at it over the years. And um, I've been close. I don't think I've been wrong about it, but I haven't understood the fullness of it yet. And let me just go ahead and say... What I have thought it was is not what it is, okay? I've thought that he was talking about seeing in this mirror dimly an image of our true self. That's inaccurate. This mirror gives us a, is there a such thing as 5D, a 3D? It gives us a crystal clear reflection of who we are, both in what we find in the New Testament and, and anybody want to take a stab at where we see our true self most accurately in the scriptures? In the life of Jesus. In the life of Jesus. So when we look in this mirror to see the inner realities of new birth, we're not looking at something vague or unclear. So let me tell you what I think this is actually talking about. It's talking about the progress we're making in being able to look in a physical mirror and actually see, reflecting back at us, inward realities of the new birth. Yes, you seeing this? Where we're actually seeing a smile on our face from the joy of the Lord in our hearts that's not phony. We're actually seeing peace in our eyes because the peace of God that passes all understanding dwells within us and is our birthright. Where we're actually... Are you following what I'm saying? We're actually seeing a reflection of the fruit of the Spirit and things of this nature in a physical mirror. Okay, I, we'll get to that maybe more in detail in the days ahead. So that's the first one, 1 Corinthians 13 and 12. He's talking about a mirror, and he's talking about a mirror showing us what we can't see. The context is development and progress, grow, going from a child to an adult. And, um, and now he says we're seeing evidence of the inward realities in our outward expression of life, not as clear as, we've, as we're going to see them, but more clearly than we've seen them 
in the past. Amen? I love to say it to you this way. When you find yourself in a situation similar to one you've been in the past and you're responding better and more positively than you would have in the past, we call that growth. You're, you're actually, you know, like maybe six months ago somebody said that to you and there'd be blood on somebody's face, okay? Yours or theirs or both, right? Now you're praying for them. You're not, see, that's growth. Now you're, you look in a mirror and, and you're seeing, reflecting back at you in, in your life reality, um, the inward realities of, of, a, of a peacemaker, of, of, of one who loves and forgives their enemies and blesses those who curse them. That's who you are. That's who you were born again to be. And now you're, that's actually starting to show up more and more clearly in your life reality. Okay. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. Again, we've looked at this one. More to come on this one, but not tonight. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Remember, your life reality will be a reflection of your self-image. So the more you're able to look into the mirror of God's Word and see in this spirit mirror the reflection of your true image, and then that true image begins to shape and mold your self-image, okay, the more you will be transformed into that image from glory to glory. So do you see how it's related to the mirror mentioned in 1 Corinthians 13 where this progressive unveiling of who we truly are and that being recognized in our outward life reality, okay, um, from glory to glory, from faith to faith, uh, grace for grace. Yes? Okay. Now, here's the one that we really needed to start with because this one really, I think, sets the stage for the other two. And that's in James chapter 1 and verse number 23. So let's look at that one together. Amen. James 1 and 23. It says, For if anyone... So this is not just for certain people or, or certain gifted people or certain people who are not gifted. No, it's, it's anyone. This is true of anyone, any human being. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Okay? So let's start breaking some of this down. I'll put back on the screen James 1, 23 and 24. It says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. So that means when you hear the word of God, it's, because what do mirrors do? Mirrors reveal to you what you can't see without them. So when you hear the word of God, the word of God is revealing things to you about God, about, about yourself, about his ways, about his wisdom, that, that you can't see apart from the Word of God. And, of course, the Holy Spirit 
anointing upon the Word of God for you to be able to see it. So this is why the devil doesn't want you to hear the Word of God, and that's why he tries to come immediately to steal it from you when you hear it, because the Word of God um, shows you things that you can't see otherwise. Um, what, what's, what's the old saying? You don't know what you don't know. Well, the Holy Spirit knows what you don't know, and the Word of God reveals what you don't know. But the devil would rather keep us in ignorance and confusion. So when you hear the Word of God, the Word of God reveals things to you that you can't see any other way or any other place. Remember when Jesus gave the sermon in John 6, and it offended a lot of people, and they left and they walked away from Jesus? And that evening, Jesus is sitting there with his close disciples' inner circle, and he says, are you going to leave me also? And Peter says, where else would we go? You have the words of life. Where would we go, Jesus? You're telling us things that we can't hear anywhere else or receive from anybody else. Now, here's the unique thing that you need to understand alongside that. The disciples didn't understand the sermon that afternoon either. They didn't know what it meant. They weren't clear on what Jesus was referring to. But notice, their failure to understand it at the moment didn't stop them from continuing to hang on every word that he said because they recognized that even though they didn't exactly understand what he meant, he had the answers and nobody else did. And, and he was showing them things about life, about their father, about themselves, about God's plan for them that they couldn't see in any other mirror anywhere else on earth or, or, or in existence anywhere else. Are you seeing this? Okay, all right. So if anyone's a hearer of the word and not a doer, so I know doing is important, but I just want you to think about, you know, you hear something, you've got a choice. You're either going to act on it, you're either going to do something with it, or you're going to just lay it aside and keep doing what you've always done. And so he says, the one who hears the word but doesn't follow through, doesn't do anything with what he hears, doesn't act upon what he hears, he's like a man who saw something in a mirror, saw his natural face in a mirror, observes himself. So when you look into the Word of God, you're observing your true self. You're observing yourself, okay? But in this case, he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was, okay? So a question I hope we get to tonight, but if we don't get to answer it tonight, I'll go ahead and plant the seed. This mirror will reveal to you not your appearance, not what kind of man you appear to be. This mirror will reveal to you what kind of man or man with a womb, woo man, you truly be, you truly are, okay? Remember, the outward one only, the, the, the natural physical one only shows you the appearance, Okay? And isn't it amazing how much religion is about appearances? Religion's all about appearances. You know, how many times, I, you know, have people needed to come to the altar? I kind of felt like when you were singing that song, come to the altar, that perhaps there was someone in the room who was going to come to the altar. Now, that's okay if you did or didn't, you, between you and God. But how many times have religiously minded people not went to the altar because of appearances? Well, those folks may think I got a problem. Well, you got one, honey? I mean, let, if you got a problem, let's get it fixed, Right. You see, but again, that's back to acknowledging. That's back to, you know, you got to own it for you can disown it. Okay. So appearances, this one will allow you and enable you to observe yourself, to really see. 
But when we hear the word and do not follow through or act upon the word, never become a doer of the word, it's like a man looking in a natural mirror, seeing his face, observing himself, going away and immediately forgetting what kind of man he was. So what kind of man? You realize that there are different kinds of men on this planet. And I'm not talking about um, uh, masculinity or femininity. I'm not talking about skin tone. I'm not talking about geographical uh, 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 I'm not talking about that kind of man. I'm talking about the kind of man, the kind of men and women that the Bible talks about. Okay. So the other aspect of all this that's that is uh, the context of what we're looking at here in verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this will be blessed in what he does. So the context of this, somebody shouted out to me, is what faith right he's talking about faith he's talking about faith all right so um i I should have probably done these in in one two three four but i'll just put them all on the screen at one time so when we're talking about these inward realities of the new birth um the first thing is we must acknowledge every good thing that's in us okay but acknowledging it is important but the man who looked in a mirror and, of God's Word and saw something about himself that he hadn't seen before, he may have acknowledged that, but he didn't continue in it. He acknowledged it, went back to however he was doing things before, and forgot what he saw about himself that was true because of his new birth. So we must acknowledge every good thing that's in us, but then next step, we must believe every good thing that is in us. See, it's one thing to acknowledge that he became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It's one thing to acknowledge the Bible says that. It's another thing altogether to believe that you are as right with God the Father this evening as Jesus ever has been or ever will be. See, we went from acknowledging it now to believing it, and then part of the believing it is confessing it. Amen? Amen. There's a sister in the room who, who um, when the Lord was really bringing her out and, and, uh, of, of one lifestyle into another, um, he laid it on her heart to stand in the mirror and talk to herself from the Word of God. Amen. Confessing. Confess means to say the same as. So notice this is another level of agreement. We've acknowledged it. Now we're believing every good thing that's in us. Now we're confessing every good thing that's in us. When's the last time you've looked at yourself in the mirror and says, as Jesus is, so are you right now in this world, big boy? The devil never wants you to acknowledge that. That's a, that's a, that's a reality of the new birth. I didn't say, I, listen to me, you're his idea. This was God's idea. He's not your idea and you're not your idea. It was his idea to put you and me in a position while on this earth to be as Jesus is right now on this earth. So it's up to you and me to acknowledge that. Do you realize how many born-again believers have never, they don't even believe that verse is in the Bible. It's up to you and me to acknowledge that Jesus said the works, he said to you and me, the works that I do, you'll do also and even greater works than these because I go to my Father. How many born-again believers have never acknowledged even acknowledged that God said that about them, much less admitted that it's true, admitted the existence of that verse in the Bible, much less in their own lives. Acknowledge it. 
believe it. Confess every good thing that's in us and then act upon it. Act upon it, right? We sing a song around here, live like you're loved. Why in the world will we ever live like we're loved? Because we're loved. We are. It's time to start living like people who are loved by God. That, that God is uh, emotionally connected to you. That He's enthusiastically concerned for you. He's eternally committed to you. Man, you, you start acknowledging that. You start believing and confessing and acting upon that. You'll sleep so soundly at night. Man, the devil trying to bring anxiety and depression against you. I mean, he just, he nothing for it to stick to. All right, let's go um, Colossians 2, 6 through 10. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. All right, I feel some of you slipping away. Can you hang in with me for a couple more minutes? I know I'm, I know I'm five over, but they, they sang longer. It's not me. I was feeling it too, brother. We, what's that? Just can't praise him enough, man. Uh, you're the Wednesday night bunch. See, I know you'd sit here for two more hours, but I don't take advantage of you either. So, well, Lord, help us. Amen. Let me go a little further if I can, all right? As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. Now, Satan is trying to use this world's attitudes and mindsets and opinions to try and rob you and me and cheat you and me of ever experiencing and enjoying the inward realities of the new birth. So when we talk about some of these inward realities, these, these new birth realities, these are among some of the most controversial, uh, demonically attacked truths and doctrines in the Word of God. Okay? We're, we're going to see in the Scriptures in the days ahead that you are no longer a mere man. Mere means nothing more than. Near means that much and, and, and only that. And the Bible is very clear that as a born-again man or woman, you have gone from being a natural man and woman to a supernatural man and woman. You're supernatural. You are a supernatural divine being with the divine nature of God living in a physical body on planet earth right now. And the devil never wants you to know that. He never wants you to understand it. He never wants you to acknowledge it. He never wants you to admit it or accept it, its existence as being true. He never wants you to think of yourself that way. He never wants you to see yourself that way. Why? Because the day that happens, his goose is cooked his reign of terror is over when it comes to you and your life doesn't want you to know it so satan is trying to cheat you through philosophy empty deceit traditions of men 
Traditions of men say, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. See, that again, but that's the devil wants you to have that kind of mindset. He wants you to think that that's all the new birth affected and did in your life. And we see that it is so much more. Now, the, the um, what's the right word here? I want to say the king of all, the, the mother of all, the, you, you, that's not the right language, but the granddaddy of all new birth realities. Are you ready for it? Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Christ in you, are you ready for what that literally means? New birth reality. You've got to acknowledge it. Come on now. Acknowledge it. Christ in you. Is Christ in you? How many, how many Bible verses i got to give you to, sh- to show you Christ is in you? Christ is in you. Amen? And Christ in you is the confident expectation of everything God is, everything God has, and everything God can do. Hmm. So see, you're not a mere man. Your natural became supernatural the day the old nature was buried in an unmarked grave and the divine nature became in you. Amen. That's why he said you lay your hands on the sick and the sick will recover. It's new birth reality, see. Why is that? Because the same Jesus that laid hands on thousands and tens of thousands of people while he was on this earth and healed them is in you now. That's why he said the works that I do, you'll do also in greater works. Right? So we walk in new birth realities. Well, let me praise God. So in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. So you are complete in Him. That's a new birth reality. Do not, matter of fact, just do me this favor. Turn your radio off when some song comes on the radio calling itself a Christian song that talks about how broken we are, how lost we are, how confused we are, how hopeless we are, how weak we feel. See, there's all kinds of songs singing about this. Oh, just so bad. No, that's that. That's what the devil wants. That he's trying to cheat you. Acknowledge it. I'm complete in Him. Whatever was broken in me is not broken anymore. Whatever was lost in me is not lost anymore. Whatever I missed out on and, and should have done and should have had years ago, He's restored it to me. I'm complete in Him. I live and breathe and move in Him and I have my being in Him. And I'm complete. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. I have every answer I need when I need them. He'll show me things that I need to know before I need to know them. See, I'm acknowledging it. The devil never wants you to acknowledge that. 
He wants you to keep on thinking, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. I can't do anything right. I'm so weak. If you only knew how weak I was, Pastor. And I'm so broke. Oh, my heart's been broke. My life's been broke. I'm just broke. And I'm miserable. And But the Lord's near to people who are broke. And yes, Again, that's no, he, 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 he's not near you. He's in you. It may not be good English, but it's good doctrine. You ain't broke no more. You ain't broke financially. You're not broke emotionally. You're not broken mentally. You're not broken physically. You're not broken spiritually. The record, you never were broken spiritually. You was dead. Everybody talks about a spiritual healing. Man, you didn't need no healing. You needed resurrecting. So new birth is. That's right, my brother. So where do we begin with this particular passage? As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. So He's telling you how to walk in these new birth realities. How do we walk in the new birth realities? We walk in the new birth realities the same way we receive the new birth realities. How do we receive the new birth realities? Remember the Romans wrote to salvation? Acknowledge I'm a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that God raised Him from the dead. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, right? We receive by acknowledging. We receive by believing. We receive by confessing. So how are we going to walk and not be cheated from these new birth realities? We're going to acknowledge not that we're sinners anymore. We did that to get saved. I don't have to acknowledge I'm a sinner anymore. If I sin, I confess it. But for me to say I'm a sinner is just absolute blatant ignorance. I'm not a sinner anymore. I was a sinner. I've been saved by grace. I I had the nature of a sinner, and I was by nature a child of wrath. But that man died with Jesus on the cross and was buried in an unmarked grave. And when I was raised up together with him to newness of life, I became a partaker of the divine nature. The only way the real me can ever be a sinner again is for Jesus to go and commit sin. I'm not a sinner anymore. not who I am. Before, but see, you're talking about making some religious devils mad right there. Who's he think he is? How much time you got? <laughs> Tell you. And the half hadn't been told yet. The half hadn't been told yet. So, walking in Christ means living and experiencing the realities of your new birth. Stand up with me. Praise God. We'll, we'll land it right here. Walking in Christ means living in and experiencing the realities of your new birth. And so what is he talking about? He's, he, as you therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. We walk in new birth realities the same way we receive new birth realities. We acknowledge, we believe, we confess, and then what do we do after that? The next one is we act. We do it. We act upon it. We act upon it. Faith does not wait to see evidence of something inward before it believes it's true. If you wait until you live a perfect righteous lifestyle to believe you're righteous, you will never live a righteous lifestyle. You believe that you've been made righteous, it's been given to you, it's the reality of the new birth, and now we're not trying to make ourselves righteous by living a righteous lifestyle. We're not trying to make ourselves holy by living a holy lifestyle. Is a righteous lifestyle important? Yes. Is a holy lifestyle important? Yes. But we're not talking about whether it's important or not. We're talking about how we actually 
perform it and carry it out and, and live it out and walk it out in our lives. And it's by acknowledging that I'm just as righteous now as I will ever be. I'm just as holy now as I will ever be in my inward man. I'm acknowledging, I am believing, I am confessing, and now I'm going to act upon it because He is in me. I have the wherewithal to live a righteous and holy life because I've been created in Him in true righteousness and holiness. And you can add freedom to that list. You can add prosperity to that list. You can add wisdom to that list. You can add power to that list. You can add authority to that list. And, and again, the new birth realities, the list is on and on and on. Amen. All right, Father, we, we thank you for this tonight. Oh, Lord, how sweet I'm going to sleep tonight, Lord. It's going to be sweet sleep because I just needed to get that out of me, Lord. You've just been, you've been percolating that in, in me, and I thank you, Father the opportunity to be able to give it to some hungry people. Lord, it's so, it's so refreshing to feed people who are hungry, Lord. I, I've tried to feed them in the past that ain't hungry, Lord, and that's hard, that's hard plowing. But, Lord, oh, this Wednesday night bunch online here in the room, they're hungry folks, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that they're drawing on the gift, Lord, that, that you've put, uh, Lord, in, in this house. And I thank you, Father, that we're receiving, we're receiving truth. And, Father, we're starting to see more and more clearly, Lord, in the natural mirror, you staring back at us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Know that you're loved. Know that, that, that people are for you and believe in you and are, and are here to help you. And you have a great rest of your week. I'll see some of you in the morning, some of you on Sunday. Good things coming.